This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 166. I have a wonderful gent joining me today, Chris Barris-Brown. He uh, actually began his career in the Army, yes, uh, took a huge U-turn into brand management, then subsequently into innovation and leadership development. And he looked around and he saw a lot of unhappy people in the corporate world. He wondered how he might be able to help and through his own spiritual development, uh, became somewhat of a spiritual Sherpa for people uh, through the work he does with corporates. And I think that's a really refreshing thing to see. Uh, he has a fantastic uh, social enterprise program called Talk It Out, which we're going to be talking about today. I absolutely love it. And I'm so keen to put this into practice in a more meaningful way in my own life. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you our chat today. But before I do, I just want to remind you that we are in the midst of a fabulous month of Waters Co. Water Filters giving us a slightly easier to manage price tag. It's not one of the cheapest things to replace or to invest in uh, safe and super clean water source. Uh, so I acknowledge that. But what I love about Waters Co is that you have so many different options available to you. So you can really get access to clean water without all the pesticide runoff, chlorine, potential bacteria, uh, and also without fluoride. Uh, and uh, you can do that with their mini waterman, which is one of my favorite water filters. I travel with this everywhere. It's an absolute must have. I do everything from take it to my mother-in-law's for the weekend um, to filter my water or um, traveling. My son and I went through the whole of Europe last year and New York visiting all of his cousins for the first time in his life. It was a really exciting trip. And, um, and we basically lived off filtered water completely and filled up our big one liter water bottles each day as we set off uh, from this tiny little waterman filter. And that's under $200. So there really are different options for every budget. Um, but the one that we have at home is the big Benchtop uh, Biopot 1000. Uh, so head to their website. You've got 10% off all water filters and your code is LOWTOXTXWC23. I've got all the details in the show notes and you can always find the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast and then click on today's show and then you'll see all of the details there for you. Enjoy. And uh, congratulations to the lucky winner of the filter who we popped an email today. Super excited for them. So uh, this is a chat that I really want everybody to be present to. I'm very excited to hear what you take out of it. Looking forward to chatting to the Lotox Clubbers about this and getting some good conversations happening and doing a bit of a talk it out experimental week. So that's going to be one of our challenges in the Low Tox Club, which you can always join for $4 US a month. And it's over at Patreon that you join us there. Um, and, uh, and I think it's something as simple as talking it out, but in a structured format in which Chris gives us the blueprint for today, 
is going to be revelatory for a lot of people who maybe find it hard to bring up things that are a little bit deeper than scratching the surface uh, with kind of acquaintance chat or functional chat about our day. And sometimes, as he's talked about on the show today, uh, the surprising things that come up when you literally have to speak unfiltered for 20 minutes without interruption or guidance. So enjoy today's show, and I look forward to the chats afterwards to see how you guys went with it. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm fantastic, Alex. How are you doing today? I'm super well, thank you. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation. And uh, I have watched your TED Talk. I've been reading through a few things and those wonderful little short videos that you do on your website. And I think, you know what refreshed me the most, and I wouldn't mind starting there, is this like British bloke (laughs) talking about quite sort of spiritual things and feeling into things and living one's best life and thinking about what brings you a sense of joy and freedom. And it's just not a conversation you often see instigated by a white British bloke. (laughs) And so that was kind of one of the first most fantastically refreshing things. And I think, you know, the more we all start to actually transcend what we think we should be and move into what genuinely feels like we're lit up by to live our best lives. Uh, It seems like you're all over it, basically. So I'd love to hear how you became passionate about the the space you now play in and and inspire people from. Yeah, sure. And and I I do get your point. I I think, um, you know, I think when we think about some of the stereotypes of of nations, um, your classic British man wouldn't be talking a great deal about feelings or being that sensitive to the world. Um, and, uh, but the, the world has changed so much, you know, um, the speed of change. I mean, you know, classically in, in Australia, we wouldn't have Nick Cave or Courtney Barnett if we had stereotypes, right? So, you know, the, the, the world has changed incredibly fast. People are waking up to what could be in a way that is unprecedented. And, um, and that's happened all around the world. So, so, you know, in, in Britain, there's, there's all sorts of amazing work that's going on. And, you know, it's people like myself who are basically had some experiences that have made them say, actually, do you know what? The old way of doing things isn't necessarily working. Um, there is a lot about this world that we can't explain. It's a lot more energetic. And let's get into that. And I, you know, I can give you a, a, a quick pricey of my experience just to give you a sense of where I, I got to. Um, so, you know, I, I um, bizarrely, I started off life in the army at age 16. Um, I, I soon found out that I was more of a lover than a fighter. So it was a, it was a good experience, but, um, but not for me. Um, and, and then I, I think I did what everyone does, right? I, I followed the story, which is, you know, you get your first job after your degree, then you get the next one, the next one, you go up the career ladder, and then you are promised happiness, right? And I, I found that that was a bit of a lie, truth be told, you know? Um, it's not all about bigger houses, bigger cars, better holidays, you know, um, that, that is, is going to you know, satisfy our soul. And I found that I had this kind of itch, and I, I knew that, you know, bigger careers wasn't for me. I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And therefore, I, I then went off on a bit of a mission. I traveled the world, including uh, Australia, where I was really trying to work out what it was that gave me a spark, what it was that um, got me jumping out of bed every morning, loving who I was and what I did. And, and I, I was really on a kind of mission to understand what it was, I suppose, that made me tick, but equally what makes other people tick. And um, and that's where it all kind of kicked off, really. And, and in that time, I was, I was very aware that 
um, you know, the world that we live in has got so many um, predefined social norms that I just don't think, don't think help us. Um, and, and I had some weird experiences that happened to me. I, I had a girlfriend who was psychic and, um, and her and her father, her father was quite a famous psychic. They kept saying to me that I was going to be a healer. And I'm kind of, I'm ex-army, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a mathematician, really, by trade. And I was going, oh, look, come on, you hippies, leave me alone. And all the things they told me started to come true, you know? And, 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 and one day, you know, a friend of mine had a bad shoulder. And I had a couple of beers. I came back from the pub and my hands got hot. And I said, oh, well, I was told I was going to be a healer. Let me just give it a go. Just joking. And two minutes later, I fixed her shoulder. And I'll tell you what, I've never... I have never been so freaked out in my life. Now, obviously, na nowadays, you and I know that we're all energetic. Anyone can do this stuff. But, you know, when I was a 17-year-old guy coming out of the army, that was, you know, that was like, oh, my God, what, what's happened here? It's Pandora's box. And, and since then, I've been exploring, well, you know, what is it that makes us human? What is it that is about energy that, that creates more magic on our daily basis so that when we show up, we love what we do, we add real value? And you know, I, I think it's the most amazing adventure and I will never stop. Mm. I, I think um, that's so interesting that you bring up the societal checklist, as I call it. Um, I, many moons ago, I was a songwriter and um, I wrote a song called Ant Farm because I just felt like, and this was after my quarter life crisis, leaving my first corporate foray. And um, I just felt like we were all being made to do these little jobs, all like in these little rows and just be a good little ant and do your bit. And I felt incredibly frustrated by that. Like I, like I felt a sense of imprisonment and I couldn't understand why other people didn't feel that. And, and I think that's really what it ended up coming down to for me is that some people actually really love being a cog in a wheel and some people like pushing the wheel and pushing the boundaries and we need both and it's okay to be either as well and one can find a sense of belonging happiness and purpose uh wherever it fits for you right because that is part of the journey not where it fits for the guru who tells us all we need to be free and do it you know like sometimes something really deeply makes sense to you and that's absolutely okay as well I totally agree. And now I'm going to have to check out that song. I hope it's published somewhere. No, it's not actually. Um, oh, Alex. I could. I, <laughs> I, I wonder. I do have a recording of it. Yeah, absolutely. I had a little EP. So um, I could dig it up. I'll send it to you. Um, That'll be cool. I'll share some of mine if you share yours. That's a deal. <laughs> Love it. Now, something that really caught my uh, ear on, in your TED Talk was um, you're now beyond the psychic girlfriend and you're with your life partner. And yeah. I really loved your decision-making process. Uh, the example ah. you gave was you, you both deciding whether or not you were going to have kids. But it felt like to me that was such a great blueprint to apply to all sorts of decisions. And we've talked about decisions on the show before in some really interesting ways. And, and that was a way I hadn't heard before. So I'd love for you to share that story because I think it's a real gem. Yeah, sure. So, so you know, the, the, the problem is that I think when we make the bigger decisions in life, our conscious brain isn't very good at helping us navigate those. And our conscious brain is around 5% of our processing. 
if you really want to make great decisions um, and actually tap in to more of your genius, I think you need to access your subconscious. So myself and my, uh, and my now wife, um, uh, when we were together quite early on, we were um, confused as to whether we want to have a family or not. We had a great life. Everything was looking good. Some people just know they want to do it and we didn't. So we, we kind of did it intellectually to start with. You know, we did the pros and cons. You know, we tried to make it an analytical and logical decision, which obviously it's not. So we, you know, we didn't go very far. So after a while, I was like, look, I, I know a bit about how the brain works. What we need to do is we need to make this real, you know? And, and what I don't mean by that is, you know, have a baby, that's a bit too late. Um, what, I mean, what I meant was change our relationship with the decision so that it was more of a visceral relationship. So the way we did that was we, we actually did something quite counterintuitive. We actually decided not to have a family and we visualized it and then we lived with that decision. And, and, and it was fascinating because, um, you know, I honestly thought, you know, I was going to be so excited about having kids. But when I decided not to and visualized it, I actually had quite an energetic boost. I started to think about exotic holidays and sports cars, loft apartments. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know. like the Porsche, you know. Exactly. Who you needs know, a four-seater? I was going to go and live in Byron Bay for a while. It was great. And, um, yeah. and, and, and all that was going on in my head. And then after a couple of days, I started to think, actually, okay, once all that excitement had died down, who will my friends be? Um, what will retirement look like? And what will the holidays look like in our family? And then I found myself, you know, after about four or five days, I was living in West London. I was walking around parks, looking longingly at fathers uh, with small children and, until obviously the police arrived slightly <laughs> awkwardly. Uh, Did that actually and, happen? <laughs> or are you, is well, it just not, makes not, a good story? I, I made a good story. The police did not <laughs> arrive, but I did have some strange looks when I was yeah. looking that longingly at small children with fathers. Yes, um, but, but 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 what was really obvious through that process was uh, that after a week of doing it, we we then changed our minds and we visualised having a family. And honestly, we felt it was like night and day. We'd had a week feeling miserable. As soon as we changed our minds and we visualised having a family, we felt fantastic. It was obvious we wanted to have a family. We got two smashing kids. Uh, I'm delighted to say, but. But as you say, the, the point here isn't about family planning, although it is very useful for that. Mm. You know, we always, we have big decisions to make in our lives, right? And, and actually, we're often not that good at making decisions. And, and therefore, I think when it's the big stuff, you know, when it's the stuff about careers, about houses, about relationships, having a chance to activate our subconscious to make those decisions for us means I think we will always make way better decisions and we will tap in more to what makes us tick and our passions or what makes us unique in that very unique context at that time. So I'm a huge fan of making things real. And actually, if you think about the biggest decisions you've made in your life, um, I, my, my sense would be most of those decisions were made by feeling rather mm. than thinking. Yeah, so the if gut you could feels. Just, exactly. So if you could accentuate those feelings more often by making things more tangible, by experiencing things, making them real, then I think you will get a much better compass on those decisions. And of course, you know, it just makes life more technical, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so can you step us through, you say visualization, were there specific techniques that you've learned along the way in your searching that you used? Was it meditation? What did that actually look like for you guys? Well, you know, it, it, it's relatively straightforward stuff. I mean, if, if you, you, you visualize, you go through on a timeline, you imagine, you know, year one, year two, year three, you imagine all aspects of your life, family life, work life, holidays, you know, Christmases, and, and obviously, you know, we all tend to interact with visualizations in slightly different ways. 
if you know that you like moving pictures, have more movement. If you like more color, have more color and vibrancy. The more you can bring it to life to work to, to your preferences, the more impactful they're going to be. But it's important while you're doing that to be relaxed, right? So that you can access your subconscious and start to play with that creative genius within. But um, it's a fun, fun process. I mean, it's all about tapping into, I guess, your imagination of how you perceive the future. And therefore, you don't want to rush it. You want to hang out. And then what's really nice is then to also kind of, you know, as we did it as a partnership, is to share a little bit of your experience of those visualizations because that mm-hmm. kind of joins up the dots. But, um, you know, make it work for you. You know it's working when you get feeling. If there's mm. feeling attached to it, you've done a good one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I like the idea that, yeah, you make it your own in terms of whether you're more of a visual or a written or listening person. Um, I, I tend to record things and then play them back and think, how yeah. do I like the sound of that? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so something I was... Um, uh, thinking about when you were talking uh, in your book, Wake Up, I want to move on to yes. this now because I think autopilot kind of speaks to the fact that we often don't even pause to make big decisions because we're just going, going, going um, on autopilot. And in that book, you you talk about why, how we might have found ourselves on autopilot without even noticing that we're a bit programmed um, and, uh, and I, I wondered whether that came from a personal experience where you kind of woke up and thought, oh my gosh, I'm in a program and I'm not even designing anything in my life anymore. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all had that experience, haven't we? Where, um, you know, we, we just, every now and again, we're very lucky. We kind of wake up and we suddenly become very aware of who we are, the moment we're in, you know, the, the, the environment in which we're living. And we, we, we go, hey, hold on a second, what's been happening? Now, for some of us, it might have been an hour. For some of us, it might have been days, weeks. I mean, I know people who literally wake up after years of habitual routine and they go, what have I been doing with my time and my life? And, and I often find that I have those moments where I wake up when I'm in nature. You know, I'm, I'm swimming in the sea, I'm, I'm walking up a mountain, I'm playing with my kids, you know, I'm, I'm doing something where I'm a bit more connected and therefore I've got this different awareness. Um, but, but what I noticed was over those times when they happen, is they almost seem like accidental. They almost seem like they just come to me out of the ether. And it just struck me that, you know, with our lives, if we could make more deliberate actions happen on a daily basis so they happen more regularly, it can only help us do better work and live a more extraordinary life. And, you know, if I, if I think that, those times, you know, I've, I've asked thousands of people about their experiences of when they feel more alive and more awake. What is the difference in the quality of those moments? They will describe it like this. They say they have more energy. They are more present. They, uh, they find that they are more connected to themselves and the world in which they live. They find that um, there's no anxiety. There is no worries. There's no concerns because everything is just in the right place. They find that ideas come readily and easily to them. I mean, this is a wonderful resource state, right? So I'm kind of going, well, I want more of that. How do I get more of that in my life? And that was really the inspiration for the book Wake Up. Yeah. And so someone wakes up today and goes, oh, my gosh, I'm in the program, panics. What are their first steps? So, I mean, the first thing to, to, to do, I think, is to understand why it happens. 
So awareness is everything. So, you know, the reason that we get caught on autopilot is all part of our brilliant brain design. And it is brilliant. Um, you know, we, we, we've all driven a long distance and we can't remember large chunks of the journey when we get to our destination. And, and that happens because of this brain design. So our conscious brain uses a ton of energy. Um, it's fantastic for learning things from first principles, but if you ever do so, like learning an instrument or language or something, you notice you tire very quickly. So what we've learned to do is switch to our subconscious to save energy. Now, the way our subconscious saves energy is it asks a question, which is, have I seen something like this before? Now, if it looks vaguely familiar, it will assume it's exactly the same as last time and get you to behave in exactly the same way. So you get in your car and it goes, oh, seat, steering wheel, road, I've got this, and therefore it drives you perfectly safely to your destination, but you can't remember the journey because your conscious wasn't in involved. So, brilliant part of our design, saves loads of energy, great for driving long distances, great for doing the washing up, great for gardening. I mean, it's the reason people go fishing, right? Because when you go fishing, you go into that state, which is like a little meditation, so it's very good for de-stressing. The problem with it is, is that, of course, whilst you're on autopilot, you know, if, if you think about um, the unique context of every day that comes your way, regardless of what the unique context is, you will just do what you've always done. You will keep behaving exactly the same way and miss the opportunities that come along on a daily basis. And of course, with the speed of change as it is right now, to really live a fantastic and fulfilled life, you need to be able to ask the question, what's needed here? You know, what can I do today with my unique talents to make sure I'm truly loving life and I'm having an impact? And that isn't what you did yesterday. You know, it has to be unique to today. Therefore, my belief is we need to learn how to escape autopilot just a few times a day so that we can really connect in with what's going on. Yeah, cool. Um, so that's the first point, awareness. Yeah, okay. And then so we're aware. What do we do next? Yeah. Well, then it's all about breaking habits. Yeah. So, um, you know, your subconscious can't take over if it doesn't recognize things. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're doing new and different things, your subconscious has to go, hold on a second. I cannot drive now. I'm going to have to let the conscious take over. So you can do very, very simple things like change your route to work, work every day. Yeah. You, can, um, you can, you know, make sure that you are breaking habits of where you sit as far as your desk at work. You know, if you have a regular weekly meeting, change it up. If it's an hour, do it for 20 minutes. Do it with somebody else running it. You've got to constantly break those habits so your brain goes, oh, this looks new and different. Mm -hmm. And therefore you pop out of autopilot and become conscious. Now, you, you will never get it um, you know, down to zero. You'll always need to spend a fair chunk of time on autopilot, otherwise you'd fry. Yeah, and exactly. my research... It's like, can't yeah, I absolutely. please just ride a bike without having to think about all the things that are going on? Yeah. Exactly. It would be exhausting. So mm. I, I would certainly not um, recommend that. I mean, it, my, my research suggests we spend about 80% of our life on autopilot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. If, you can, if you can reduce that to 75, that is, that is profound. That mm. has a massive impact. So even if it's just three times a day, you know, if you, if you start the day conscious and you have, you know, you end the day conscious and then you have another intervention somewhere, then that is enough to make sure you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, otherwise, as you, as you say, it would be exhausting and it would be painful. Mm -hmm. and, um, and for me, one of the most important times of the day is actually when you wake up. You know, it's, it's, it's the time that we all own. It's the time that, that actually we don't have demands on our attention when we first become conscious. 
And therefore, I'm really big into morning routines and making sure that I start the day with clear direction and intention. And therefore, when I get busy and when autopilot kicks in, at least I know I'm going in the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. So you can actually design the types of autopilot you actually are happy to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's going to happen. So let's just make sure it's the right one. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I like that. Cool. Um, Yes. Okay. So... Something, something I want to ask you next then is about, uh, I think it might even be around autopilot and being social. Like it almost feels like we've all become very polite surface conversationalists and, <laughs> uh, you know, how are you? Yeah. How are the kids? Is sleeping through it? Uh, oh no, not yet. Oh, okay. Then <laughs> maybe try a bit more dinner, you know, and like we just have these, surface conversations and it feels like we're not getting deep and I think that could be key to getting us out of autopilot a bit more because going deep means you get in touch with things that you don't get in touch with when you're on the surface so I'm sort of building up to talking about this uh, wonderful social enterprise you've just started but I thought this could actually be a really good segue from what we've just been talking about and living a life of surface uh existence not only in the things we do but in the way we interact with other people yeah look, i couldn't agree more with you i i think that um one of the biggest issues we're going to have on this planet certainly over the next you know 10 20 years and beyond um is loneliness and um you know i if you've read the book lost connections i, I think it's fantastic which is you know it's, it's all about understanding why anxiety and depression a lot of the mental health challenges we've got are coming our way and one of those is that actually you know we're not really engaging on a meaningful way with those people in our lives we are having a lot of those surface level conversations and um and and what we do know is that um you know loneliness is going to have more of an impact than obesity or alcoholism or tobacco on our health it has more of an impact loneliness extreme loneliness than somebody on the street a stranger coming and hitting you in the face as far as cortisol adrenaline is concerned um it's a it's a massive issue we, we are designed to be part of a tribe and when we're not part of a meaningful tribe with meaningful connections we have a visceral reaction to it which which is very detrimental to our well-being so so yeah i totally agree with you alex i think um you know we need to do something to make sure we are having you know those meaningful conversations and meaningful connections about our life and what's going on what's working what's not so that actually we feel the support and connection to make sure we've got great energy Mm. So important. And so how, what got you thinking that you could actually do something about this epic disaster uh, we're headed yeah. for? <laughs> well, it's, it was a happy, happy accident, Alex, as, as is often the case. So I wrote um, a, a book back in 2005 um, called How to Have Kick-Ass Ideas. It was a, it's a creativity handbook, basically. And I, um, I shared in it a creative tool called Talk It Out. And it's a brilliant way of having ideas and getting insights. And I've trained thousands of people in that over the years. Um, and it's basically a walking, talking technique, uh, which I'll explain in a bit more detail in a minute. But what I noticed is when people came back, yes, they had ideas and yes, they had insights, but people would invariably say, I just feel a bit better. You know, I feel as if a weight has been lifted from my shoulders. So I started to listen to that feedback and say, hold on, there's something bigger in here. Yes, it's great for ideas, but maybe this could help people's well-being. And, um, and we were experimenting with it a little bit. And then actually, I, 
there was a moment where something pushed me over the edge and it was um it was when anthony bourdain um took his own life who was a hero of mine a fantastic chef amazing personality and i just went you know what there are so many people suffering on this planet who don't need to and uh, you know even if um talk it out just helps a few people a little bit just to get stuff off their chest so that actually they feel a bit better about who they are i've got to do it so that motivated me to to team up with the university of bristol um and we basically researched it as an approach and what we found was it, it lowered people's anxiety levels it upped their levels of happiness um it did help them get more clarity on their lives and it, and it kind of works a little bit like you know we look after our bodies by going to the gym and, and eating well well this kind of does the same thing i guess for our minds it's a simple workout to help us get rid of all the noise and all, and all that kind of detritus that we build up and just get clear on who we are, what's important, what's going on, where we should focus our time so that actually, you know, everything falls into place and we can take a deep breath and go, you know what? Life is good. Life is good. I am good and I've got some great opportunities. And that's, that's really uh, what Talk It Out does. Very, very simply. Yeah. So how does one access it? Is it an app and people can connect or is it something you're encouraging people do with their friends? Um, yes. Yeah, so um, at the moment, um, you, know, you, can, you can find all the resources um, on uppingyourelvis.com or, or barris-brown.com. Uh, there's also a website, talkitout.org, which has all the information on there that would help you deliver it yourself with a friend, with family, with colleagues. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is very much self-supporting. We are just working on funding to build um, an app which would help people connect with others around the planet who want to do this. I love it. Talking you... Tinder. <laughs> exactly. It is a kind of talking Tinder. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm really excited by that because, you know, I, I obviously do it a lot with groups and I pair people up and they do it together. But wouldn't it be great if somebody just said, you know, I'd like to do this, but I, I haven't got anyone to play with. And it would connect you anonymously to somebody else that would like to do it. And you just get your headset on. One person could be, I don't know, in, in the middle of Sydney and somebody else, you know, could be over in Bangalore and you can mm. connect them together and do it. And I, I, I think if we could just create communities of people that would help each other, I would be thinking that there is a lot of hope for humanity. So that's what I'd love to do. That's what I'd love to do. But that, that's the next stage. So we're probably about six months out from that. Yeah, that's but for very now, well, Who knows? There yeah, might be no. a rich benefactor listening in right now. So feel oh, free to get in touch well, with Chris. Well, I'm sending that karmic vibe out there. Mm. Come to me, make this big. I mean, the, the potential is enormous. And um, um, but but for now, you know, just grabbing a buddy and going for a walk. I mean, and it works really simply because it's it's a kind of combination of you know ancient wisdom. Um, mm. You know, a lot of a lot of people walked and talked um, to get insight and clarity. You know, uh, quite famously, you know, um, a lot of the the, the Greek philosophers you know, thought that this was a great way to make sure they process. So it's been going on for a long time. But all we've done is we've combined that with some modern psychology. So you grab a buddy, you go and talk about any issue on your head. I mean, it could be life, it could be relationships, it could be work. And, and one of you talks flat out as the other one just listens. That's yeah. the key. They don't say a thing. And so there's no interjection. Um, there's no, oh, no, this one time that happened to me and this is what I did. Nothing. Ig- not that. And, and, and the reason being is you'll just get into a conversation. And what we want you to do is have that depth of thinking. So what will happen is, you know, you'll talk about whatever your issue is and eventually you run out of conscious story. So that, that little 5% of your brain runs out of story. If you just keep talking and just say whatever comes into your head, then you will start to get more into your subconscious and you'll start to find other truths and other interesting insights into what's going on. Now, 
as you talk, you might say stuff that's rubbish. You might say stuff that's not even true. It doesn't matter. All you're doing is processing. And every now and again, you'll say something that is important and you'll know it is because you'll feel it. Yeah, you will feel it as you say it, or indeed the person listening will feel it. And those are the things that just need a bit more attention in, in the end. So as you process, you just note a few things down. And what we tend to do is we get them to do 20 minutes and, and maybe over that 20 minutes, they'll have a few, a few areas that are worth exploring at the end. But what we tend to find invariably is that within 20 minutes, you get way more clarity, you feel better, um, you know, your body will then say, hey, when you said this, I noticed you changed energy, which just helps you get another perspective. And then you just land it and go, okay, so what's changed as a result? And then you swap and go the other way. Um, and what you find is that um, the, the process and the discipline of, of speaking constantly and, and relatively quickly for 20 minutes as you walk means that you will process in a very different way. We, we all process kinesthetically, so as we walk, we will access a lot more of our subconscious and things will pop out that are often quite surprising, um, but are key to us understanding where we're at. It's a lot less confronting than being face to face with someone and having eye oh, yeah. contact as well. So I'd imagine with that barrier removed and both of you just looking out in the same direction, it feels like there's less of a, um, a pressure to say something in a certain way. You know what I mean? You're just yeah. talking out there. Oh, Alex, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I didn't really understand this when I designed it, truth be told, but now I've, I've realized there's a lot of truth behind that. So a lot of people will say, you know, I've got a teenage kid. They never talk to me until they're in the car. You mm, know, when they're sitting next yeah. to me, all of a sudden, they, and, and there is a truth about, you know, being side to side and looking forward in the same direction that allows people to feel as if they are a bit more open and unfiltered and unjudged. And, and actually, there's a fair bit of research behind this now that, that shows that actually we do feel quite different in that situation. So walking shoulder to shoulder is definitely the way. It, it doesn't work face to face. It doesn't work sitting down. You need movement and you need that position. But when you do it, it's amazing how much magic can come out. Mm, so much. It's almost like a, um, I'm thinking of Julia Cameron's morning pages, right, where you, you, you write your three pages of unadulterated spill out from your brain first thing in the morning. It's almost like that, but with the therapeutic kind of aspect of connection. It is. And you know what? I'm a massive fan of journaling. I, I think journaling is brilliant, but, but it does work in a very specific way and it mm. works particularly well for a type of person. Um, so, I, you know, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't say that this would be something you do instead of journaling. I no, think they'd be no. very complimentary. But, yeah. but um, what I, I have noticed is that a lot of people uh, process verbally. They like, they like to talk, but they, they have to be in their bodies and moving for it to work. And therefore, I find that the accessibility of talking about is, is pretty much unprecedented. You know, everyone can do it. It takes no planning, no preparation. Um, and, uh, and actually, the first time you do it, it might feel a bit weird. But after two or three goes, it just becomes one of those life skills that is incredibly easy to do and people you know i've got loads of clients of mine who say you know what i do is if i've got a meeting in a different building i just grab a buddy and we do it on the way to the next meeting you know mm. I, I make it a part of my life because it's that simple to do and um and, and therefore you know my, my my hope is that actually this just becomes part of, of people's kind of weekly practice mm, amazing and can i ask a personal question if i may sure and you're feel free to refuse, but was there, a, is there a memory that you have of when you've done this? It might even be last week where you've gone, Ooh, I didn't 
think that was going to come <laughs> up, you know, like just a personal shock you've had in doing this exercise? Yeah, I mean, well, I've, I've used this on countless innovation projects and, mm. um, and, and, and therefore, you know, the number of breakthroughs I've had on those has been extraordinary. But, but just recently, I was, I was doing, I'm doing a new workshop and, and it's, um, it's all about energy and it's how you get your energy right to get your extraordinary on. And what we um, decided to do is we decided to get the people who come on the workshop to use Talk It Out to get clear on their purpose or their meaning. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm a classic guinea pig, so I won't get anyone to do anything I haven't done. So I went off and did it on my purpose. Yeah. And you know what? I've spent years thinking about my purpose. In 20 minutes, I absolutely nailed it. I got absolute clarity wow. with loads of energy. And, I, you, know, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm very, very excited about living that every day. And you know what? It's, what's surprising is I've done all this very clever work with very clever people about it over the years. And I, I did way more in those 20 minutes than I've ever done. And, um, and the energetic shift was just dramatic. So, yeah, that, that's probably my biggest, most recent one. Cool. And was the person who was your buddy that day, did they really notice something different when you sort of started taking things oh, yeah. in a particular direction? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it was, I was working with my business partner, Jim Lusty, who is a, an extraordinary human being. He, he also did it. And what was interesting is uh, uh, about 12 minutes, he got completely stuck, right? Absolutely stuck. And he walked in silence for about a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah, and then which is a long out, time. Yeah, It's a long time. And then what came out was profound. I mean, he completely nailed his as well. So, you know, we both had mega shifts and, you know, the whole thing was done within an hour. Um, you know, and if you think about how much time people get coached on this stuff and how much they have to read and absorb to get, you know, that kind of clarity, I think that's a pretty efficient use of time. Pretty cheap therapy. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good ROI. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you feel like doing something like this could potentially also assist us in moving from sort of feeling like everyone around us, even the people we see really often are just acquaintances really, um, and, and developing deeper friendships? Most certainly. So, um, so one of the pieces of feedback, again, that's pretty reliable is that when people do talk it out, they, they often say, yes, I've got clarity and, um, and, a, and a, a weight is lifted off me. But I also now don't feel so alone because they realize that, you know, because you, you, you do it both ways. You know, one person talks and then and, and listens and then you swap over. Number one, you have a bit of a mutual contract there that, you know, what goes on tour stays on tour and therefore you respect each other's privacy and what they've shared, which is important. But, but number two is you get, to, you get to hear other people's lives and what's going on. And there is a depth to it, which is quite humbling, you know, and, and incredibly reassuring because, you know what, we, with this world of Instagram and Facebook and all this um, stuff that preoccupies so many people's minds, we start to get this belief that everyone's having a perfect life and it's better than ours. And, and when you dig deep, you actually realize everyone's got the same challenges, you know, everyone's got the same stuff going on, which is what makes us interesting and unique. And it's our flaws definitely that let the light in. And I think when you hear some of that, you connect in a way that's so much more profound that people actually just feel a bit more heartened by it. And they feel as if actually, you know what, we are part of this big soup that is humanity. And you know what, what a wonderful soup it is. And if we could all just lean in and help each other a bit more often, wouldn't it be better? And and that as an output, I am deeply pleased with when it happens because I think we start to think about our impact in society. We start to think about how we can 
you know, bump into strangers with a smile on our face and actually leave some positive imprint as opposed to just thinking about ourselves in a rather, you know, selfish social media kind of frenzy. Mm, 100%. Actually, that reminds me of a funny skit that I saw, a British skit yesterday on, uh, I can't remember what it was, I think it was Facebook, and um, it was a, uh, they had done it as a report. So London was reporting on this strange northerner who was in London talking to people <laughs> it was just it was fantastic the the way that they um, frame the whole thing and I, it reminded me of a time when I was visiting my sister I'm London born but I've never lived in yeah. not since I was two um but my sister lived there for a time so I went to visit her and uh, we decided to try and make people smile on the tube as <laughs> like a social experiment and people thought we were absolutely bonkers and uh it was really it was really interesting to see what happens in hyper-sized cities how it becomes like disconnection is part of someone's feeling sane and yet they feel more and more lonely and they can't figure out why they don't want to talk to the person who's just said hello with a smile on their face and um, and I think, you know, we really do need some strategies and frameworks to help us start breaking down those barriers again and be happy to chat to someone at the grocer and, you know, pet someone's dog and, and do all the things that, you know, I, I feel lucky that that happens still in the area I live in in Sydney. Um, but, yes, a lot of friends and family who live in the biggest cities like your Londons and Parises and New Yorks feel like people want isolation they don't want to talk to the people and yet it's crippling us to want to to want that um the side effect is definitely not worth it yeah no i totally agree i said i mean i live in a very small town on the seaside and um you know it can take you an hour to walk down the high street because everyone's saying hi and it's a very different vibe Mm. But, you know, I just think there's something about big cities that make everything about efficiency and speed. You look at the, the pace that people walk in London compared to where they do where I live. It's just different. You know, mm. there's a different speed. But once people actually, you know, connect into who they are, there's amazing humanity and connection. I, funnily enough, you, you're talking about making people smile on the tube. I've got a friend of mine, Shelley, who's got a, a business called Fairy Love. She's Australian. Yeah. And, um, and, and she does fairy hits where they all get on the tube dressed as fairies and give people wishes. Huh? And you know what? <laughs> Uh, you know, it freaks people out immediately, you know, but, but actually, do you know what? Everyone wants to smile. Everyone wants yeah. to have some fun. Everyone wants to be a bit more alive and a bit human. Yeah, and I think exactly. it's incredibly, you know, infectious. And, um, you know, yes, we've got some jobs to do. and We've got, you know, mortgages to pay. But, you know, we don't have to be so serious about it. The more yeah. we can just laugh and be ourselves, then the more extraordinary and technical our life should be. And that's what it's about. And I love that. Oh, I love that too, Chris. That's awesome. Um, Okay, I have one more question for you because I think the, the talking principle is fantastic. But there's obviously a lot of other things we can do to nurture mental health um, and deepen a sense of well-being beyond the food we eat and the exercise we do. And I've seen a couple of your um, videos on this and I know what it looks like for you, but I'd love for you to share uh, some of the things you do to feel like you're living your best life day to day. Yeah. So because our business is all about helping people get their energy right, you know, we, we, we're not the type of organization that would just go away and, you know, read all the latest research from university. You know, we, we, we live it, you know. So, so we've started to, to do these experiments back in January and we've done all sorts of things. We've had 
you know, a sleep coach who works with Olympians. We've, we've done loads of stuff in nutrition. We've done digital detox. We've done all sorts of different things. And, um, and what's interesting is uh, we all have our own favorites because we're all slightly different. And, and it's not that one size should fit all. So the stuff that works for me, I, mean, I mentioned a bit about my morning routine. <clears throat> that is a game changer. So um, one thing that really works for me on waking, number one, don't look at a phone. Keep away from everything digital. I drink a pint of water with sea salt in it um, so that I can get electrolytes in and rehydrate because you wake up very dehydrated. I do a little bit of exercise to get my heart rate up. And then I sit quietly for 10 minutes outside, just getting clear on what my day is about. You know, what's my intention? If there's one big thing I need to achieve that day, that when I go home, I will be high-fiving it all the way back. What is that big thing? Because I know autopilot will kick in, so if I get that intention right at the beginning, it's going to be a good day. So, so that is a game changer for me. Um, I'm massively, um, which I, I think you know, into cold water immersion. Um, I mean, it's, it's handy living in England to like cold water. Um, <laughs> Very accessible activity <laughs> in your part of the world. <laughs> exactly. And as, as I live by the sea, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. But um, I did some, a workshop with Wim Hof last year. Um, I was going to ask I, if you'd done one yes. of Wim Hof's. I have too. Yeah. Quite an experience, it's hey? Yeah, isn't it? So isn't good. It? Mm. So I, you know, to the extent where I've had a cold tub put in my, in my backyard and um, I'm in that every day. And if I'm not in that, I'm in the sea. Um, and, and I find that that is in, incredible. Obviously, nutrition is amazing. I mean, the difference it makes on what you put in your body, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's a biggie. So, I mean, I, and, and, and the sleep one, by the way, I am, I've just realized I'm a massive nap fiend i mean we should never try and sleep in one big shift at night getting a little nap in during the day just makes such a difference to my energy so you know i'm i'm, I'm like a little magpie i'm stealing little bits from all the experts around the world and making them work for me and and actually we now teach people all these little magpie tricks little hacks that you can use in your life and also in business you know to make sure that that you know you're not spending your whole day going to meetings that aren't useful where you have no idea why you're there, but you're actually using your time to make sure your unique talents are, you know, being put best to use. So it's all those little things that I think make the difference because complicated stuff just doesn't stick. It's the simple things that create the impact. So that's what I'm all about. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing, Chris. It was some really beautiful gems through that little chat. And I feel like everyone can leave today's podcast and think about something that's that they're excited by implementing. Hopefully it'll be the talk it out. I know I'm excited about that. Thinking already teeing up a friend. I know exactly who I'm going to enlist for my first talk it out session. Um, and, and I'm genuinely curious to see what comes, especially as a woman, because I feel like women very much love being of service and helping. So the, there's the um, temptation to jump in and help, you know, before the person has fully expressed themselves. And, uh, and I think, well, I think anyone who loves anyone also has that temptation, yeah. man or woman. Oh, for sure. And, for sure. Uh, and I think there's, there's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting change in that not being on the table for 20 minutes. It's not even op an option to jump in and help. Yeah. So that's the one well, I'm Alex, most excited about. I, I, a lot of people find that way more challenging. You know, mm. it's not the talking, it's the listening, which, mm. is, which is the, which is on the channel. So yeah, I'm totally with you on that. 
But you know, uh, check out the, the the website. There's lots of videos and support on there to help you with it. But I would love to know how it went. You let we me shall. know. And if you need any, any help, I'm here, I'm here as your coach. I love it. So we're going to do then a talk it out challenge in our low tox club, and uh, and sure. I might have to get you in there as a guest to kind of talk Happy about to. the talk it outs. <laughs> Happy to. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay, it's a date. Thank you once again, Chris, for joining me on the podcast. Everyone can access the links to uh, Talk It Out and other aspects of the work that Chris uh, and his partner do. And, uh, and I encourage you to go check it out. He's released some fantastic content. The TED Talk is a must, must watch. So I've popped that in the show notes as well. Thanks again, Chris. It's a pleasure, Alex. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action uh, and uh, there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit uh, stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written over the past nine years of writing a blog. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added and I can't wait to see where that community takes us. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus uh, Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Today